Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked On Cavs. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk all about the Colin Sexton extension possibilities in the context of Terry Rozier signing his deal with the Charlotte Hornets. Shaker Heights own, I should note, Terry Rozier. That's all coming up today on Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remind us, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, including WK, including WKYC once a week. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that hard and pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for him. Oh, 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 look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs on YouTube. And now that we do that, obviously, hope, please hit the resubscribe button if you're watching because we did something dumb. Evan tried to blame it on me um, because he tries to blame everything on me because that's what he does. Listen, listen, we quite literally had a phone call to walk, our, walk ourselves through what happened on our end because I had to meet with Doug Branson on my own initially yesterday. Then something came up. And then I explained to Doug today before you connected on the call. I said, Chris said he followed your procedure and we didn't notice the change. But yeah, we, we goofed. It, it was a wee thing, but it's just easy for, easier for me to blame Chris. Um, yeah, Evan. Evan deflection. And yeah, Evan like can't go to decides. I'm just going to be mean to someone instead of going to therapy. The things dudes do to not go to therapy. Unbelievable. You know, I'm just joshing with Bro, you. Bro, I go to therapy twice a month. Yeah, that's right. Therapy's healthy. I'm medicated. Yeah, I love. Uh, you have some news. Right so you, I'm gonna put you on the clock. You, you have two minutes to I explain do. this, and then we're we're moving on, and we'll refer to your new thing as now on instead of redacted. People can know what it is. You could have paid me a dollar this whole time, and I would have taken the bribe and violated Evan's NDA. Um, it would have been great. It would have been great, and you could anyone could have just paid, cash at me a dollar yeah. at any time, and I would have 100 percent just done it because I'm I'm a cheap I'm a I'm not a with two minutes on the clock. Evan, explain your news, and we'll get, get into today's show. So I am covering the Cleveland Cavaliers and Cleveland Sports as a whole for Facebook News through their bulletin service, which is similar to Substack or any email publication newsletter service. Um, it's called Write Down Euclid. It is in my bio. It is pretty much my branding on Twitter for going forward. It's all over the place, but it's been a pretty surreal experience. I was going to announce it back in July. I actually, if you were an eagle eater, or I guess, I don't know what the best listening creature is, but either way, if you're the, a, a tune-in listener, uh, I had to have Chris go in and scrub out portion of the episode because I shared these details back in July. So it's been a long two months. I've been waiting a long time to share this. It feels like a huge load off my chest. I can stop saying redacted in all of our descriptions in my Twitter bio and everything. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Um, Just going to be making Cleveland the center focus on a national stage because my pitch to them was I'm sick of Cleveland being the butt of every joke and every punchline and for every national joke out there. So 
hopefully I can make it a little better for everybody else. So when does the social network two about about your rise and fall come out? When 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 does when does the Fincher biopic dropping? I don't know, but who do you think would play me in the biopic? Well, <laughs> well, no, I no 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 I because you asked me this tongue. once before because I've made this joke me. in our in a text and. Uh, you did not like my answer, despite that person mm-hmm. being an incredible actor who should have been nominated for an Oscar for their starring role in Uncut Gems. And I'm obviously talking about Mike Francesa. That's not who I'm actually talking about. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I know. Man, secure the bag. He'd be Halloween himself, Adam Sandler. Unless you mean Kevin Garnett, and I'm like, Chris, wow. Um, you by have the way, did you see, I don't know if you read this, there was enough, we're, we're really getting into today's show tonight. And to, in all seriousness, I'm very happy for you. I'm very excited to see what you do with this, and uh, can't wait to continue to make fun of you at all costs, including what I did in the Bestie Squad chat. But um, second shout-out for that. You should pay us money now. But, yeah. Second shout-out to the Bestie Shout-out chat. Um, Ashley Bastock, come on the show but, sometime. Uh... Um, uh, did you see in the athletic John Krasinski was writing about the Wolves trade stuff and he was like Juancho Hernan Gomez got excused from going to mm-hmm. training camp because uh, during like their COVID training camp last year because he was like going to film an Adam Sandler movie this was like a nugget in the story and I've I've been thinking about it all day no I did not know that. that's actually interesting yeah this was like I read this today I did read this today and this I, today, I've been, that's all I've been thinking about just because like oh, why, why okay. Wancho? Why not? I, well, Wancho? No, okay. I mean, all right. What, he was okay, a trade off. Anyway, let's move on. Colin Sexton's extension. Let's just start here because anyway, uh, I think we can cover this in the like next four or so minutes before we head into break. I think there's a pretty obvious reason why. I, I, I would say that the reasoning why like there wasn't an extension like right out of the gate when he became eligible this off season, and then why it looked like there wasn't going to happen, and why now like one maybe seems more possible to get done before media day or like at the beginning of training camp. There's a pretty clear like reasons why that is the case. Um, I, I want to see what you think the reasons are and then see if we agree here. Well, I can say off the top because I don't know if it'll be the title, but only fans cannot pay Colin Sexton the max. So another sex worker cannot be paid by their only fans. But other than that, I think it's the cast playing hardball a little bit. I think, there was genuine trade interest. I can tell you for a fact. I've said this on Twitter, but I'll say this on here too. Um, the Cavs weren't actively shopping Colin, but it would be remiss of them not to hear offers from teams. I know the Knicks and the Heat were seriously interested. I know Oklahoma City was pretty interested too because they're intrigued with this pairing alongside Shea. But I think the Cavs asking price is a little too high, and the problem is the trade market isn't as robust as some people may think because you have to find a team that's willing or is at least comfortable to extend Colin, and then. You look at that, and you factor that into play, and the Cavs don't really have to rush because he they have one last year on his rookie deal besides this one, so they can let this drag out all the way out to the extension deadline, and then if they don't something doesn't come to fruition, they flip him at the trade deadline or they let him test the waters restrict the free agency next offseason. So they ca- all the balls are in the Cavs' court. I think they're just saying, like, hey, let's figure out how much Colin Sexton's worth on the trade market right now. I think the results and the returns were kind of underwhelming. And CA, we should say CA, a very camp, powerful agency. Um, Saul, they're a very powerful agency, but Dennis Schroeder is the name I heard a lot when it came to Colin's extension talks, where 
Dennis gambled on himself, and he signed for quite a lot less money than he was making at the Lakers last year, this year at the Celtics. And now Collins Camp is fearing that if they let this drag out and they let the Cavs let him test the waters and let him get to that point, he may not get paid as much as he wants because there's not really a demand for a player like Collins because he has a unique skill set and he's very talented at what he does, but you have to build some pieces around him in order to make him succeed. And that's where the issues in that they're in themselves lie because you have to pay more money for those pieces than you do call. And it's it's a lot of messy stuff. We can talk about it more, but that's just kind of why I think we're hearing this talk pop back up. That and the Knicks and the Heat kind of spent their entire reserve of cash. Like the last Knicks move is to finalize the Julius Randle extension and they'll head into the next season pretty much the same team. And then the Heat went big name spending on Kyle Lowry and everybody else. So... It is what it is at this point. Yeah, I, I just tend to, to quickly. I just tend to think them. that the the names you saw float to the second things were really like the Knicks are the CAA NBA franchise. The Heat are a team that like are a good organization and a good market. Yeah. So it's like you're going to try and like publicly push your client there. Like even if they, like I don't deny that the interest. I don't deny that the interest is real, but like that's well, the public posture you're doing. You're forgetting those links. So like that is the purpose of their doing. Oh, no, that in, in the Heat thing is Jimmy Butler's a big Colin Sexton fan. Like, he, after Colin had that big game against Miami, like, Jimmy sought him out after the game to congratulate him. And, yeah, he fucked with Colin's ponytail and stuff, but Jimmy told the Heat, like, listen, Say, if at I the same play, time, he'd also, Colin we'll be, Sexton, let's get Kyle Lowry because he, he's a better one, like... Yeah, we we need like a yeah. championship we need, we need medal proven point guard to complete our roster. Like that is what you do, and like I can't blame them then for the Knicks. Like I can't blame them for going the way they did. Like they got Kemba on a really really friendly deal. Like that's going to be a little cheaper. Like you're like all the things these teams did instead of like trading picks and then having to pay Colin Sexton a lucrative extension. Like make a lot of sense to me. And I think the shooter thing is apt. It's like there's the the teams that were like likely yep. Colin destinations don't have the money. Um, I think if you're him, I think you'd like to just like not have to risk like a really bad frequency market next summer, right? Like maybe you could sign like a like a very like thing to get you in a, uh, open frequency earlier if you really needed to do that. But like I think you'd rather like time and time again, what do players do? And as they should, they take the guaranteed money when they can get it, and it's about signing those kind of deals at the right time. And I think you see the Schroeder thing, and it's like okay, like that's where we are. And I think you know, I think months ago, I think Colin and his camp kind of thought they were going to get a lot like a lot of money i don't know if it, the full max was ever realistic but i think a lot of money was going to be on the table and they were kind of hoping to push for that didn't come to fruition yeah yeah i mean that's that's what we always said yeah said and then you go look what's what happened i think we've read that you read the, the tea max, leaves though. you see how things are kind of going to work with the offense i think they're going to give darius a big extension and i frankly think it's fair if you're the Cavs to like look at this and say Okay, like we need to see a full year and a more normal year and to see what Darius and Colin look like together before we spend any money. I don't think that's an unrealistic thing from a team building perspective. I, I just don't think that is. Like I, I think Colin is gonna have a good NBA career and it could be like end up being better than the two. So like it's not out of the question, but I think the the idea that like you have to like you have to be very careful if you're Cleveland at this point in your rebuild. If you're looking at this from a team perspective, you have to be very careful at this point in where you are. But Evan, we gotta take a break. We gotta pay some bills. That's yeah, darn right. Of, We're going to tell everyone about paid, our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all of our eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. 
Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest that are now open at BetOnline. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is making a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to $25. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports, from football to basketball to boxing to horse racing and everything else. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season with promo code locked on. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And again, the promo code is locked on. All right, Evan. So I, I think for Colin, the next step is seeing like, okay, like let's let's perhaps get a deal done. You can still negotiate these things. I think if you're Cleveland, there's there's a range I think you would feel comfortable with. But I want to let's let's talk about the Terry Rozier of this all because he signed an extension with the Charlotte Hornets um, on Thursday. Four years, ninety-seven million dollars, the max he could have gotten from Charlotte. A little bit of sticker shock for a lot of people. I think people got to remember, A, like, A, number one, I just want to congratulate guys for getting money. I don't really care about billionaires, like, and the money they spend. Like, guys should just get the maximum yeah. money they should get. Like, I don't really, like, I just I just am so just, like, I would like guys to get paid more than anything else. And then secondly, I think this is a, a, a thing for Colin that helps him because I, I think, like, if you're him, something akin to – that or more than that, I think is what you're game for. I don't think you're getting a five year. What I do think is kind of the move here is ultimately going to be, okay, can I get a deal that's going to give me a little more than Rogier and say, look, like maybe Rogier is better than me right now, has been a more reliable volume three point shooter, has had bigger clutch moments, et cetera. More just a more proven NBA player, but he's older. I'm going to get better. You know me. You know my work ethic. You know my year to year improvements have always kind of happened. Bet on me. Pay me more than that over, let's say, like four years, $100 million, four years, 105 Somewhere in that range to me makes sense. And I, I understand if there's still a little bit of sticker shock for people. Um, but I don't think that deal is, like, crazy to me. And I, I think the Rozier thing sets a little bit of the market, you know, right now for a column that I thought maybe, like, the Darren Fox extension did a year ago. No, I absolutely agree. And I think it's funny to say we're talking about the Darren Fox extension now we're talking about the Terry Rozier extension and I think I'm more comfortable if you can give Colin that type of money if you can say to him okay if we look at your shot chart profile your shot profile and how your your anatomy of your shot chart goes if you take more threes and you're a little bit more trigger happy from the perimeter like a Rozier instead of you know long twos or maybe taking like uncontested mid-range pull-ups and everything else like we're seeing his evolution in real time, like you said. Like, yes, he has stepped back and behind the three-point line in his rookie year. Yes, in his sophomore season. And in his third season, we're seeing him take draw more contact into the free-throw line more consistently and use that ability of his game. Like, he's becoming a three-level scorer who's very multifaceted in terms of that. But there's obviously deficiencies and flaws in his game that I don't think are going to improve. Well, can I, let, let me, let me what makes you think there are, what, what are the, the things about Colin's game that you well. don't think are going to improve and why do you think they won't? Because I think when you and I talk about Colin, that is one of the things that we, like, I think tend to get, like, pushback on is sort of how we talk about him and, like, assuming that he's going to be the same. So, like, let's dive into this a little bit. Like, what do you think is, is a thing that Colin is not going to improve at for, yeah. for X, Y, and Z? I don't think he's going to become like a super high 
assist, yeah. like a super high playmaker. Like he's going to make the easy reads. He's going to make the easy dump offs. Jared Allen makes his life easier. Evan Mobley will naturally make his life easier as dump offs and a pick and roll and a pick and pop scenario. As long as Mobley becomes a more consistent shooter, I think when I was deep diving into his three point shooting numbers, it raised an eyebrow at the percentage, but also it's summer league. So I can't tell, hold too much stock in that. Um, defensively i think one-on-one he's going to get bullied because he's going to be playing two i think he should be a combo guard that plays more of a one and has to face on ones you could hide him you want him like you want him as like a point of attack guy that's Uh, like using his like strength using his size and then like darius is off ball in theory okay yep yep Yep, yep, yep. If the Cavs are so hell-bent and determined to stick to this smaller backcourt, they need to experiment a little bit to make sure it's not so disadvantageous for Colin on the defensive side of the ball. But, like, if... Because, like, that's what I was trying to preface. Like, a lot of it's schematic and team-building stuff, too, because I, I... If you're a regular listener of this show, if you're checking out for the first time, I'll just reiterate, I'm not a huge fan of the small backcourt. I think, in theory... Yeah, both of these players are fun, but like individually, but together, I think it's just a little bit tougher. It's good to have them for them to have on court experience with one another, sure, and have that level of comfort with each other. But I don't think it's good for the development of the rest of this roster. But that's a story, an, an argument for another day. But if Colin can, imp- I I just don't think we're gonna see like huge leaps where he's like, oh, he's gonna suddenly be averaging eight and a half that, minus that would, a night that or would, like that. That would blow um, me away if he ever did that. That just I just that think would be the crazy. biggest thing for him is. T- Oh, absolutely. But I think like four and a half, five at his peak in terms of playmaking and assists a game, like that's not unheard of or unexpected for me. But I don't expect him to have huge playmaking nights either because, granted, some of it is the quality of his teammates, but at this time it's put up or shut up because there's some quality options on Cleveland's roster for Colin to kind of get involved in the offense as well. So if we just remove those subsections of his game, and focus at what he's good at. That's getting buckets. Um, he can improve his shot profile by taking more threes. If he takes a rosier like volume like that, like yeah, get top dollar as soon as you can. And I think twenty five million over four is to be a hundred million and a hundred and five over four. Which I don't know the math off the top of my head. I think that's twenty six point. No, it's twenty seven million, isn't it? hundred and eight. Yeah. Your mic's dead, Chris. It's like if it's a hundred, it would be like if you got a hundred, that would be twenty five, and then if it's like one hundred five, it would be like twenty six. Like it, it's a lot. It's a good yeah. amount of money. We're, I want to talk about the the cap sheet going forward, um, kind of after this. But I, I I think the two I think that I would just say that the things that I feel like there are two things in his sort of existence that I think are very um, fixable. If you're that they are, I think as much on the coaching staff as they are on him. Like, this is where, like, I, the J.B. Bickerstaff of it all gets kind of complicated. And I, I'm not anti-midrange, but here's the thing. Colin Sexton, for what he is, I don't think he's going to be, like, your lead option on a good team. Like, I think as you're kind of developing Evan Mobley and, and Garland and everything, like, you can lean on him a little more than you might want to in theory. And he certainly has had to do more than you would think because of, like, the Kevin Love of it all, which yeah. we're going to talk about a little bit, for, at least I am in the next segment. But last year, cleaning the glass... He's again. He's 22. There's still room to grow here, and there's reasons to believe that you he should be able to change this. But in all of his three years, here are his percentage of his shots that are three point attempts. Year one, when he really struggled to take threes, 23 percent. Year two, 22 percent. Last year, 22 percent. Last year, when he's kind of more of a combo guard as Darius kind of emerged, that is in the bottom six percent of of combo guards according to Cleveland Glass. 93, 44% of his shots, excuse me, came in the mid-range. That is in the 93rd percentile of combo guards. 
he gets a lot of more shots at the rim, takes a lot of shots in the short mid-roll. He has a little bit of, like, this, like, runner floater shot that's kind of nice. Like, the three-level score thing, I think, is real. I think that is just, like, an easy fix. It's, like, take more threes, take some more catch-and-shoot threes. Like, know when, like, you have it open shot. There are just, like, for whatever reason, if you go to his NBA.com yeah. stats page, there's there's just each of the last few seasons, there's just been, like, a three-week to four-week stretch where, like, he just struggles to shoot, and I can't explain why it happened. He just goes into, like, a really detailed slump and, like, then gets really hesitant to shoot. It really, like, warps some of, like, this. I don't really understand what it is. Um, I don't know if it's, like, just a thing you're always going to have, but it's just something that always has happened. I think the second thing defensively is, like, his ability to, like, navigate screens has just never been particularly good. He's a very, like, linear defender where he's just trying to go like from point a right to point b and he's not always navigating the screens like he needs to kind of get better at that to kind of Mm -hmm. maximize his his ability and like he has the motor and the gas tank to do it that is like a thing that Colin section should be able to do because that guy's energy level is like i i would bet you if you had to if you had to do a miami heat style conditioning test among the current cast players i bet you he would do the best and i like it'd be him or isaac okoro and like i have no doubt in my mind that it's one of those two guys that would absolutely do best in the test because those are the two kind of workout freaks on the team so colin like i think kind of is is both in this place where i think what his archetype is is sort of clear to me but there's also just little tweaks where it's like okay like this guy could score 20 points in the league for a long time and like that's a useful player and i think it's just a little tertiary stuff that makes me wonder I, and I th- Evan, as I think we'll talk about in the next segment, I also just think the Cavs are in a spot right now where, like, as much as I think there is some angst from the organization, uh, I think certainly from the fan base to maybe make a leap next season, you are still betting on your future, right? Like, Evan Mobley is not going to, like, he may be, like, really good in year one. Yep. Like, maybe he's even better than we think. But there's a world where, like, he's going to, he's he, realistically, he needs to add muscle and take some time. I mean, okay, but like, I, I think it rega- like he needs to be a, this that guy much. that's going to take some time to add muscle, right? Like Darius is still in year three. Colin is still in year four. Jared Allen's like the vet oh, yeah. of the young group, and he's 23 years old. Like this isn't an old group. Like this is a group that has some growing pains to go through, yep. and that includes Colin. Even though he's in year four, even though he's coming up for money, your second contract is ultimately also betting on your future, and you're, t- you're, you're betting that this contract is going to look good by the end of it. Yep when you're or year two or year three when like he's going to be like closer to he's like what 22 years old the end of last season when he's like 24 25 years old and that's still really really young but evan we got to take a break we'll come back and talk about some of this going forward but you got to tell everyone about our friends at rock auto that is correct this episode of locked on Cavs is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low and are for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution for your auto parts needs. So if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check also, I want to tell you about Rock our friends Auto. at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is celebrating the freedom of choice because they have so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, let's say Evan Damrell from, from Bulletin, cookies and cream is a favorite of his. 
Um, I, I think he loves the grasshopper cookie. Do you grasshopper cookie also on your list? Okay, look at that. Just it two is. awesome flavors for Evan. Um, my favorite flavor right now might be the strawberry. It tastes like a chocolate covered strawberry. I had one today and super good. Uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box or get two of each of the nine flavors if you want to just again try them all. Look, the macros on these are great too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbohydrates. That is all amazing flavors, all tasty and all extremely healthy. Order today and get that grasshopper cookie, that cookies and cream or whatever it is that you like. And remember, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so, Evan, when you look at the Cavs' like, future roster, Jared Allen obviously has his extension locked in. Mm-hmm. Colin is the next one up. You have Darius will be extension eligible a year from now. Isaac Okoro a year after that. You have, obviously, uh, a second contract for Evan Mobley is not even something we should be really discussing now. Nah. The, other, the other part of this is that, okay, so Kevin Love, two years left on his contract, assuming anything doesn't happen. Larry Nance, two years left on his contract, 10.6 this year, 9.6 the year after. Um, you have Jetty Osman for the next two seasons until he has a non-guaranteed season. Um, you have, you know, the, the cap is sort of, the roster is in a lot of ways like sort of like open um, beyond a couple slots like Sexton and all these guys are coming eligible, but like who knows what's going to happen with Windler. You know, Dotson's in the last year of his deal, and it's a non-guarantee in, in his deal this year. Dean Wade is non-guaranteed and stuff like that. Like you have these things that we don't really know if these numbers are even like applicable. But the only one we really have is Jared Allen at twenty million, and then Kevin Love as like the other big ticket player as long as he's on the roster for now. So yeah. I guess when you're looking at this future roster. Let's let's just let's just assume Colin gets let you want to let's say four years hundred ten. Let's just let's just pencil in a little bit on the higher end there. Okay. I guess like what do you make of like where the Cavs will be in terms of building out this roster with that locked in with Allen locked in and then with the other stuff coming in? Like what do you make of where we're at right now? Do you feel like you know enough? I guess is my question. No, I don't because you have to look at the grand scheme of things too let's say you have colin locked in you have Jarrett locked in you have kevin uh as an albatross around your neck in terms of this cap space larry nance jr is technically locked in and i think he's extension eligible next year as well so you have to factor in, that in and i i i would think he would take like a pretty reasonable contract yeah. but like does he want to does he like does he want like a modest pay raise does he want to yep. take another deal that like pays him more up front like there, there are questions that we don't know the answer to at this point in time yep. and, and by the time by the time larry's deal is up he'll be 2023 20, at the end of that he'll be like 30 years old do his priorities from a basketball standpoint change? Like, does he want to go compete for a title if the Cavs are not ready for that then? Like, or if they, if they flounder the next two seasons, like, does he just say like, look, I love it here. I love the city. I need to, I want to go play winning basketball. Like, I I wonder if that is a, like, there are just a lot we don't know in terms of what the Cavs actually are. Be interesting to see if he has a reverse career arc of his dad's and he finishes his career with Phoenix. But back to what I was saying, um, Darius is extension eligible next offseason, as you know. Isaac is down the line, but that's like a lot of this is the Cavs betting on themselves and believing in the players they've drafted, the player development staff they have, and the coaching staff that they have assembled. And these pieces that they put together can be united and become a cohesive team and a cohesive unit. And I think, I mean, yeah, I always circle back to this question about a listener who called in and asked, what if Evan Mobley's a draft bust? I'm like, yeah, what if? Like, there's always going to be a gamble. There's always going to be a risk in basketball. But this is a pretty, 
hefty financial gamble on the Cavs' part. If they like want to lock in all their money to all these young pieces and not maybe kick the can down the road a little bit so they can maintain a little bit of cap flexibility. But, I mean, at the same time, I'm also the argument where what is a team like Cleveland going to do with cap space because they aren't a free agent destination if they have to build yeah, it I, I, I would still draft. Yeah, I, I, but I think Memphis has shown us that, like, even if like you're gonna try to still be okay and like competitive and like even if you're willing to take a small step back with your young team, having cap flexibility and malleability in your roster construction allows you to like add extra stuff to then fuel your roster growth when you're gonna need to. When like John Morant extension kicks in, when like Jaron Jackson's contract, like there's that stuff that's gonna happen. Um, and you know, I but I think the thing with Cleveland that makes it like a little bit different than that is, yeah, I don't think any of the guys that the Cavs have have like are like max contract guys. Oh, absolutely right? not. Like, Darius like, Garland is not. Isaac Okoro no. is not. Nope. Um, Dar- Darius we is don't the know one what where Evan it's like Mobley if he's out. Is. Well, Mobley, we don't know what he is. And if Okoro would have to, like, dress to have, like, just a bonkers two-year run to kind of get in that conversation. Darius is the one where, like, if he has absolutely bonkers this year, he could, I think he could, like, I think I would expect him if he has a bonkers year this year. Like, I kind of think he might. Then I think him getting more than Colin, like, feels, like, likely-ish to he me. Didn't. You've been talking to Justin Rowan on the side or something? No, I, I no, you. I'll, I think every time I've talked to Justin, basically, it's in our little, our little Shh. chat where I shared something with you. Um, we have a lot of chats. Oh, we do. Have I talk to you like a lot. Like, I, th- yeah. I, I don't think people understand how much you and I just are communicating and vibing oh, all the time. I know. Um, um, but I don't think. I mean, I yeah. If you see something, bo- like what what constitutes bonkers for Darius? I don't. I, I don't. I don't, I don't even want. I don't even want to say bonkers. I. I don't even know how to define it. I'm just saying, like, I look at the. I'm looking at like their cap sheet right now, and it's like, yes, like you know, Allen's making twenty, and like Colin might be getting like twenty five plus, and like, yeah, blah blah blah. They don't have a guy that's going to eat up like a significant portion of the cap, and it would also be like an interesting reality for them to be in a spot where they actually like pay all the young guys because that almost never happens. No, it that doesn't. like doesn't that like doesn't really happen. And I don't know if like got to break. I don't a few know eggs what to make an omelet. Like look what it, like it, they they've cited Atlanta and Phoenix as examples, and like both those teams like were Atlanta more dry. Yes, but Atlanta more drastically. Yeah, go ahead. Atlanta more drastically was like, hey, let's just get some vets, right? Like Phoenix hit on stuff that was a little different. Like Book obviously had time to develop. They had Aiton. Cam Thomas was an unexpected successful pick. Like they had stuff that really propelled them. Jake, I I guess like like one of the best additions any team. Yeah, like a really, uh, well, like a really good uh, one of like the only good mid-level signings last summer. Like Uh the Cavs are just in the spot where it's like, okay, like Kevin's contract comes off the books, um, right as. Well, like so, let's just say let's just say in theory, like I don't think this is gonna happen. Let's say he's on the Cavs by at twenty twenty three, and he's like thirty five years old. That would be bizarre. Um, Darius Garland's rookie skill extension will not have even kicked in yet. Nope. So like you're gonna have this go into twenty twenty three, where like right now the only contracts on the books are are as follows. That like not including a, a Colin deal. Jared Allen's at twenty million dollars. Um, Evan Mobley has a third year team option for eight point eight. And Isaac has an extension, uh, has a rookie op, fourth year rookie option for $8.9 million. That is like Lamar Stevens has a small guarantee that year. Jetty Osmond has a 6.79 guarantee for that year. Okay. So, like, there is like technically a little bit of other money, but like they have kind of a bl- like it's these two years where like they kind of maybe would want to add vets right now and they can't. Mm-hmm. But if they want to, 
and they have the money and they're two years from now, things look good and they, they have money then, like they can they may be able to do what they've kind of talked about wanting to do two years from now, depending on what these guys kind of get. It's just like a weird cap. It's just like a very weird cap situation. Oh, yeah. It's a super weird cap space. It's kind of a bummer to look at. Like a lot of it just comes back to the Kevin Love extension. A lot of it comes back to the Kevin Love extension. If it wasn't there, I'd be like, okay, this yeah. makes a lot more sense to me. But you have an yeah. oft injured thirty guy on the wrong side of 30 who does not want to be here but is practically untradeable, and I think they're going to hit a stalemate in buyout talks based on what I've heard lately. Um, but I think it's going to happen sooner or later. But then we see what they do with that, too. Do they just eat the take the hit for the next two years, or do they wait, stretch it and make it the, the equivalent of like a mid-level extension exception based on how much money Kevin's willing to give back? Uh, just light, yeah, do you light money on fire even more than you already have? Like It's like, you know what I mean? It's like it's a tough situation. And, yep. like, again, like like you ha- they, they are going to be in this position where flexibility comes to them in short order. The Kyle extension, if, if it ends up, I don't, th- again, like to round this out, to kind of finish talking about Colin, I think if it ends up being like 110 or in that 105 to 110 range, like, I don't think that's like a bad deal for the team. I really don't. I think that is a Let good deal for a building this. block, a guy you have believed in and, and have pushed. Do you think he's better than Shea Gilgis Alexander? No. Okay. Because a lot of people Shea, are upset because Shea got no. a max extension almost immediately Shea, and Colin hasn't gotten Shea, anything. Shea, Shea is like a potential like friend. Like, I understand that people like love Colin. I think he's really good. I think he's been really good for the franchise, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Shea is this like 6'5 like super creator who like could have been an all star last year barring some injury stuff. Like, that's a real, like, I think he's just a tier above Colin. Um, and defensively, he's yep. like light, like light years ahead of what Colin is. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so far. But like Colin is like this really good young score, and like That's I, he is po- he is he just remains like a for for people I for whatever reason just an incredibly polarizing thing for I think like very few logical reasons. Well, people just want to stake their claim in him, and say he's the face of the franchise, and all these other things. And well, the Cavs also nominated him for like ten bajillion Player of the Week awards. Yeah, but I think with Evan Mobley in tow and Darius Garland kind of coming out last year and maybe they're seeding the offense to him a little bit more next year based on what we've both heard um i think colin's just going to be what we've always thought he's going to be a very nice complimentary player he's going to be paid well because you have to pay a little extra for a player to stay in cleveland but i don't think he's going to get paid like max dollar but he's going to be paid handsomely and i wouldn't be surprised if he's a cavalier based on what i've said or heard i should say and said and um at this point, I'd be surprised if he's traded, but I wouldn't rule out anything because the Cavs are a very tight-lipped organization, too. They don't really talk about their moves. They're like lasagna. These Gs move in silence. So. Evan, any final thoughts as we go into the weekend? It's uh, time's a flat circle. Freddie Kitchens is coaching in Cleveland, and we're talking about Beer how much cans. Colin Sexton yeah. is worth in an extension. So. The vicious circling of the drain that is Cleveland sports never ends, baby. It's true. Uh, but that's going to be it. Again, subscribe again on YouTube. We, I, I, I'm just apologizing on behalf of Mevin and I. We messed it up somehow. But go to our YouTube, subscribe. Please <sighs> uh, smash cool that thing. subscribe button and, uh, you know, get put that notification bell on. And uh, I'm going to go be Jason Sudeikis on the cover of GQ and just get in some dope-looking clothes and scream and be Ted Lasso. That's there all I'm going to do. Good stuff, man. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. See you Monday.